Hello, and welcome to the Racers Roots podcast. On today's episode, we are talking to Christian Bogle, who currently drives for HMD Motorsports with Dale Coyne Racing in Indy Next. We dive into his genealogy, which includes some really interesting early American colonial history. And we also got to talk to Christian about how he got into racing. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. The question I like to ask kind of to start is what what do you know already about your family history? So I haven't done like uh, too much digging into that. I actually don't know a huge amount. Um, so I'm interested to see what you, what you actually found and, and had come up with. So do you have, does your family have any like stories that they would tell like legends or. Yeah. Nothing that comes off the top of my head. Do you know your grandparents fairly well? Um, yes. okay. So we're kind of, kind of start with them and then kind of, and branch out. Um, so your grandpa Bogle, John. Yep. Okay. So what do you know about him? He was a, he, he was a, a great, great guy. He said like he, um, he passed away a few years ago. Um, and I mean, we, we loved having him around for every second. He was such a great guy. I mean, he never really had a huge amount of like stories to tell me, but I mean, he was just such a caring, like honest person. Like every single time you had some talk, like time to talk to him, it was always something nice to say. He was, he was such a great guy. His obituary actually, when I started the research was, um, was I think one of the things actually that I read and I've read a lot of, a lot of obituaries. And so you can kind of tell like yeah. the kind of yeah. person, by the way, the obituary is, is written. Um, did he ever talk about his childhood? Do you know anything about? I, I have, he hasn't really mentioned a lot about it. Um, I know he's probably talked to my dad and stuff about it, um, but I haven't, I haven't really heard a lot about it. Yeah. So I was able from census records um, so his parents um, were Elmer Wesley Bogle and Minnie Kelly. But in both of the census records that I was, um, the 1940 and 1950 census, which were the two that he was in, he did not live at home with his parents. He lived with his maternal grandparents. And and so it was it was kind of interesting looking. So Elmer... What he he was a coal miner, and I don't know if if maybe that was kind of if they just didn't have the money to have to support all of all of their children. Um, but they had, I think, somewhere between ten and twelve. Um, oh, okay. And it, from what I can tell, so your grandpa's eldest sister was sent and spent, I think, her pretty much her entire life um, to an institution for um, what at the time was called feeble-minded children, and I, she died in a facility. His other siblings, it looks like, were sent out to various family members, um, different like cousins, and okay. Um, yeah. He seemed to not have a, a typical. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about uh, about this. I could, I mean, I'd be interested to look into it and, mm-hmm. and do some digging myself and and talk to some family members, talk around and see what see what they know about this. But um, yeah, that's, that's something that I'd like to to learn about a yeah. bit more. Yeah. So, Dad Elmer. So I was able. To see, um, so he was born in 1881. In 1905, he enlisted into the army. <laughs> but f- five days later, he deserted, and oh, okay. what he went, you know, he went AWOL. And they couldn't find him for a couple of months. They found him, and he actually spent time in a military prison. And I actually found a, a couple of newspaper articles that talked about that. 
he deserted the regular army five days after he enlisted um, at the Columbus Barracks in Ohio. Huh. Um, he had been wanted for several months and was arrested in Iowa because that, that's where they were. They lived. And apparently the marshals assumed that he would come home eventually. And when he did, they found him. <laughs> huh. I, I had never knew about this. Yeah, so this and is... he, he, I couldn't find how long, but he did spend some time in um, a military prison for it. And he was dishonorably discharged from the army afterwards. Hmm. So um, he went on, he was married twice before he married Minnie. And he was a coal miner, I think, for most of his working life. Um, he died when he was 64, um, when your grandpa was only 12. Um, okay. But so, you know, in the 1940 census, um, Elmer and Minnie had the two youngest, their two youngest children at home with them. I um, mean, in between the 1940 and 50 census, they had two more kids. And those four stayed um with Minnie but it, it looks like none of the other children came back so your grandfather stayed with just his grandmother because his grandfather had passed um in 1949 mm. so that was so this is um would have been the grandfather that took care of or that raised your grandfather okay. um, so this was his obituary or yeah kind of his obituary so he he died in his sleep of a heart attack. He had been working, um, cutting out whatnots, which I Googled whatnots because I had no idea what they were. Um, and they're like three-tiered shelves. Um, okay. So he, he said he was tired, took a nap, and he just didn't wake up. But hmm. it did say down here that a grandson, John Bogle, whom the Kellys have raised, also survived. Oh, wow. That was as far as, as, far as I could, you know, as... Um, Newspaper records and yeah, <laughs> um, can only go so far. So maybe he, maybe he told you, you know, somebody about it. Hopefully. Yeah, actually, I haven't heard too much about. I mean, I really haven't heard anything about this. So I'm, I'm curious to just keep yeah. seeing about <laughs> about the family history because yeah, I mean, it's these are pretty interesting, interesting stories that I actually haven't heard at all. So um, yeah. yeah, this yeah, is this is a very interesting dive into some family history. The fun thing about genealogy is that there's uh, and we've run into this before with some other uh, people we've interviewed is that you really only get information when people have done something interesting which is usually yeah. either good or bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah so kind of moving through his tree um okay so elmer's parents were John Bogle and Amelia Sailors. And Amelia died in 1896. And there was this newspaper article that talks about kind of the situation, which was, and it's, they misspelled her name, but um, so it says she died, um, leaving four motherless children. Um, they will be sent to the orphan's home um, their father is alive and formerly lived here where he deserted his family some time ago. So John Dennis Bogle took off at some point. Mm. I will say though, he did have, or he did have kind of a redeeming moment because he remarried about a year after Amelia's death. And by 1900, all of his children were back in his home. Huh. 
So okay. like the trickle down of like, yeah, you know, yeah. how, you know, one you know, event can kind of just shape, especially when you're, you know, young. Exactly. You know, kind yeah. of, his, so John Bogle's parents um, were Robert James Bogle and then Mary Grimes. And this is kind of where the, I couldn't really definitively go back any further. So, um, but he was born in 1827. He died in 1881. He was a farmer. He also was a mail carrier. Um, but towards the end of his life, I couldn't really find any sort of details because, um, but he had fallen on some sort of hard times um, because we have at least three different instances where he drew from the pauper fund, which was essentially a late 1800s, like, wealth you know like welfare like okay type of thing so he took out four dollars and then 350 and then 22 dollars um at different times in the last couple years of his life and that was but mary so he died in 1881 so he was in his 60s so this was his wife and she lived to be 92 let's just kind of talks about you know her, her husband and he died in 1881 and she was you know she was born in 1827 um and mm-hmm. she so she died in 1921 so if you think about all of the things that you know she lived through and yeah that's a change, that's, that's, that's quite a life yeah that's a yeah a very interesting period to be alive in, in history so and so yeah and the thing with genealogy is it's like you get like one snippet of somebody's life you know where it's an obituary or um you know something along those lines so especially in women too are way harder to know much about just because unless they did something usually really bad they were yeah (laughs) weren't really talked about (laughs) um and so kind of backtracking to um minnie kelly which was john wesley bogle's mother um so her parents were were sam kelly which we already we saw his obituary um and then belva grace dooley and she went by grace um i think in most of the records so sam kelly was he so in 1920 he worked in the coal mines which i didn't realize there were coal mines in the like iowa missouri area yeah it's not exactly until, where I would, I would expect um yeah i did not realize that that was a thing until until this so and then by 1930 he was a loader for a washing machine factory um and then in 1940 he was a night watchman he kind of did a bunch of different things so his dad was also samuel and it it was either kelly or callie some point they decided it was Kelly. He actually, he committed suicide um, when he was 81 because he thought he was going to be sent to a poor farm. Hmm. Um, and that is actually not as like unco- uncommon as you would, would think it is, unfortunately. Um, you know, elderly men commit suicide at an alarmingly high yeah, rate. I, I wouldn't see it as a... Um... I mean, I could see it back then. I mean, not being, yeah, I wouldn't see it as, as uncommon. So. Yeah. Well, and even, even now, even today, it's, it is alarming. Um, yeah. To, oh, to see, um, to see that. So, 
And I have, and like in, in my own family tree, I have a couple of um, instances where, where this is. So it's unfortunately very common, especially, you know, with the thought, you know, the poor farm, like that was, I think there was such a negative connotation attached yep. to poor farms. Um, so, and I think this was in, um, I think like 1913, I think maybe. So like it was, you know, just the connotation was just so, so bad. So yeah, that's kind of all I have for your dad's side. Um, okay. or at least for, because I wasn't able to find anything out about your grandmother. I couldn't, I, just, I sometimes it's just picking up. It's and, just too hard and, to trace stuff. So yeah, it's it like, be, yeah. yeah, once, because it's like, once I can, if I can get like a generation back, I can usually be fine, but I couldn't even for, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with, uh, with everything so far. So I mean, I I wouldn't even know where to start with, with looking for these kind of things. So, yeah. um, Yes. It's a lot of, a lot of practice. I've been, I started doing this when I was in, in high school. Um, and I'm 25 now, so I've been doing it. Um, I, I think I 16 or 17. So, um, really doing it. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of, a lot of, uh, just knowing where to look. It's, uh, uh, there's got to be all there's uh, little little tricks and, and tidbits yeah. to, to finding the uh, oh, finding yeah. what you're looking for. So, so on your mom's side, do you know anything about like your um, mom's family? I mean, I would say probably the same as as my dad's mm-hmm. side. I don't I don't know okay. too much about the backstory of the family. I mean, it never really came up in conversation or anything. I mean. I, I I hung out with both sides of the family for for so so long. I love spending time with all of them, but they never really brought up neither side. Um, really brought up the past, so um, never really came to mind to try and mention something and and ask them kind of what their backgrounds like. So I'd be interested to see the other side as well, because I mean, their their side is both of them is someone I can still talk to and and right. get some more information. Get some so yeah, that's um, that's so interesting because. Yeah, like it's usually families. There's like something. Yeah, um, no, I I understand. Like it's, a, it's yeah. Usually they they all have something to say about. I mean, yeah, kind of their life before growing up and stuff. And it it just hasn't really come up in conversation. So it's just it's interesting to be able to kind of put into perspective yeah. and see what my previous family history and and kind of see. Yeah, and like yeah, I see, and I grew up with a family that always told like the stories. And then when I started doing genealogy, I realized like probably 75% of them weren't true, um, which is actually really, (laughs) um, really caused some rifts, um, you know, temporary rifts in my family. Um, So I guess, I mean, it's probably better than just telling random, you know, random things. Making (laughs) stuff up. Yeah, Yeah. making stuff up. You can call everyone's bluff with this, so. Yeah. um, yeah. (laughs) Now, yeah. Your great grandfather was peter paul is it combell uh combell yes okay um and so he was in the 1950 census he was a locksmith um and it indicated that he served in world war ii um and i was able to find these that show so he's been recently awarded the combat infantry man's badge while serving with the 100th division of the 7th army in germany it was the first american army to taste combat in world war ii Hmm. 
Um, and then this is actually the the birth announcement for your grandfather, actually. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So he was the second of their kids. Mm. The oldest was, oh, yeah, it was Paul. Sorry. Yes. Looks like it's okay. saying that it's Michael, that Paul is. Yeah, that's his yeah, little Michael. brother. They, it must just be a grammatical error. Yeah. yeah. It's a little mm-hmm. weird way to word it. So, yeah. yeah. So he was married to Mary Ellen Alfred. Um, and her parents were Henry Leroy Gamp. Nope. I can't read. Sorry. Please give me a second. <laughs> Harold Alfred. Um, and he was a coffee salesman um, okay. in New Orleans. And um, by all accounts, I think he was pretty successful. I didn't find any newspaper articles. I was really hoping they could find some sort of like, I don't know, coffee scandal or something. something. Yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't. Um, but I mean, he was in 1940. Um, his yearly income was um, what would be today about $72,000, hmm. which is pretty good because he owned That's, his own, yeah. you know, he owned his own business and yeah, he was pretty successful. So Harold Alfred's parents were John Alfred, who I was able, he was a pretty interesting character. Um, so this was John Alfred's obituary. So he was, he was a mate. He was a Freemason to his 32nd degree, which I don't really know much about the Freemasons, but I think that from what I Googled is I think pretty high. There's lots of them in oh, wow. my family too, and I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I guess I probably should have done better research about that. But he was apparently he had held um, almost every position in the order. He was also a Knight Templar, other like you know fraternity type things. Um, and so it says that at his death, he was an assistant to the two. Grand Secretary Lambert and was also a janitor of the Masonic Temple. Um, it says at one time he was a telegraph operator in the fire alarm service. He was subsequently in charge of the service in the sixth district. Um, at another time, he was the fire inspector for the underwriters. Uh, and in the days of the volunteer fire department, he was a member of the Home Hook and Letter Company. Hmm. Um, and actually, I have, he was also also an ele- like an early electrician. Um, huh. So he fairly, you know, he was a fairly successful. Fairly, and, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's very impressive. That's a lot of, uh, yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I feel like you're pretty important if your obituary uh, includes a picture of you. <laughs> yes. Because um, yeah. most of the time it, it doesn't. There, that was him. Um, I think. Okay. And this was also a article about just mentioning that he was working with, uh, and this is where it says he was an electrician. um, And apparently he found serious and dangerous defects in the insulation of the electric lights in the city. So I thought that was kind of really interesting. Electricity was probably still fairly. Still very new, very new, new. very, um, can be very strange concept to some. So. Yeah. So he was, you know, really he was out there and, you know, was able to, to alert people to the, the defects that were, were there. 
Oh, so well, that's, that's, that's yeah. very impressive. That's, that's a, that's a, that's pretty cool. Right. So if we backtrack back the Peter Paul combo is Combell combo. Yeah. Combo. So his dad, it was George. Sorry. George oh, Combo. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I don't know why I want to keep skipping generations in the combo family. Um, so, many so, so many names. I have like so many names trying to keep track and they were all like Peter's Paul's George and George's. Yeah. All, all very common names. So yes. So trying to keep track. Um, so George Campbell was a carpenter. I didn't really find anything about him, which was probably good uh, because his father, which was Peter Campbell. So your third great grandfather um, apparently had an incident when he was 14 where he ran over an old woman with his buggy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Not, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was like she dodged a streetcar and uh tried to get by his buggy his horse slipped on the asphalt and he reined the animal up and while doing so he struck the old woman um knocking her down and it's so and his father george Campbell, was actually a pretty well-known and pretty influential man locally um and so he was there and uh kind of sound he probably smoothed the situation over i never yeah, found if yeah. um she actually if this woman died or not but um yeah so that was his his run-in um with the law when he was 14 <laughs> yeah so yeah i thought that was interesting just kind of like a just a really ra- like random that's a very random event but yeah it's, it's, yeah it's just like niche little part of history that's kind of so speaking of george um which was his father so this was the obituary his obituary uh when he died and he was i mean as you can tell it's pretty it's pretty long yeah it's um, a very long one yeah he was a well you know it was a well-known and prominent citizen of bay st louis um which is in i think it's in mississippi it's but it's like relatively close to where everything else is so and so it says he was in hypolite which is his middle name was a greek word i think it meant gift of god Hmm. um so he was born in in bay st louis um he was um 58 when he passed it says he was educated in the local schools um and at saint dane loss college and he married Miss Marie Louise Kent, who preceded him about 10 years ago. They had seven children survive. He was an active, he had an active political life. He was one of the most uh, prominent influential citizens. Um, for nine consecutive years, he held the responsible trust of, of street commissioner. He was always identified with every movement calculated for the uplifting and betterment of the public wheel and was ever a representative resident, a distinguished citizen, a man of convictions, and who always had the courage to express them. Yeah, from this, it seems like he was a very, very influential person yeah. for the area. And yeah, he was he was quite an important person for the area. Yeah. So. Um, it says after Bay St. Louis was incorporated, he was their first secretary. He was also the deputy sheriff of Hancock County at one time. 
In addition to his predilection for literature, his fondness for music was paramount, and his knowledge of this branch of art was such as to stamp him as a musician. Um, at one time, he was a professor of music at Stain, Stainless Stainless College, and he was the first instructor of the famous Promote Brass Band and a couple other bands. He was also belonged to several fraternal orders, including Woodman of the World, Live Oak Camp, and Live Oak Camp. Yeah, it had really nice, um, it says, um, he was a devoted husband and a kind and indulgent father to his sisters and brothers, a tender, a tender brother to his friends, the soul of fellowship, but the greatest, but the greatest of all was he as a man. Like that was really like, those are yeah, really kind it, things yeah. to write about. It seems like the people really, really yeah. valued this, this him and yeah, he just was a very, infl- like just great person overall. Yeah. Just, Somebody that was held in really high, yeah. really high regard. Um, yeah, that's, so that that's great. I'm curious, Kate, did, uh, the middle name Hippolyte or Hippolyte, I'm not sure how you said, um, did that show up anywhere else in the tree? No, it didn't, which I, I thought was really weird. Okay. Um, because, yeah. So it's um, I I just googled it. Um, it's it's usually a surname. Yeah. Um, and it means letting the horses out. Because <laughs> <laughs> hippo is horse. So now we're gonna. So I was actually able, and it's actually really funny of how it happened because I had, I think I had said something to Abby about how I had wanted to find to identify some, like a famous relative of somebody's. Um, and so I actually was able to do that with you. Huh. Um, so, uh, so your great third great grandmother. Um, so let me, let me place her. So you know who I'm talking about your great grandfather, Peter um, Comble, his parents were George and Ada Smith. So Ada Smith's parents were John Smith and Selvina Favre. It wasn't actually until I Googled the the Favre family and then the location that I actually figured it out. Um, But so the, we'll go all the way back to before 1700 with um, Jean-Claude Favre, who was your ninth great grandfather. He was born in France. Um, He was a cabin boy that came over and so essentially what happened was um the the french explorers would send the cabin boys um on shore to make contact with the native americans to see if the native americans were were friendly or not um which is a nice way of saying they were you know sending them to see (laughs) if they get killed or not um and so he was um he made contact it looks like with the Choctaw um but he also became so he became a noted interpreter of um the Muskegon language um and so he had a son who's also was named Jean-Claude which would have been your eighth great grandfather then there was his son who was Simon um he was also a translator an interpreter, um, and he played a significant role in, you know, the transition of the area from Spanish control um, into, you know, when it became kind of a part of the United States 
even before he was 30, he was already a noted interpreter and he was apparently like really like highly respected and noted. Um, wow. Okay. He, he had at least, so I think wives is a loose term here. Um, but he had at least three different wives. Um, <laughs> and the timeline is a little murky as far as it, they were, I think kind of that he probably had other illegitimate children that he just didn't claim, but, um, one set was, so he had like one who was, uh, the, the daughter of a, of a chief. So, so he married her and had, and had children, which, um, one of those was, uh, Louis Favre, who is your sixth great grandfather. So, um, you have at least a little bit of native American of indigenous, um, genealogy through her. Um, and I think through other pieces, um, so, but with, through Louis Favre is that's where the, your common ancestor, uh, between you and Brett Favre, uh, who is your fifth cousin (laughs) once removed. Very proud of myself for figuring that one out. Um, so it was, you know, very distant, but you guys do come from that same um family. Um, and you know, it was really kind of interesting trying to it took me a while to kind of make through because to get through it because uh there was a lot of it's called endogamy, which is when um there's just a, a small community and they just intermarry and and keep intermarrying and yeah. just um, and so there was a, a lot of that. So there's a lot of barbed in your family tree. They're like married to each other, but it's like they were distant enough that, that the church allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Allowed the last name. Yeah. Cause there was like, I can't remember what it's called, but like the Catholic church had, has like a rule about like the fourth degree or something. So you couldn't be any closer than that, which is probably a good, a good thing. Yeah. But, um, I also, so I found this article or this little thing about, um, Selvina. This was her first, first marriage. Um, so her father wanted to, to, to essentially stop the marriage and, uh, instead of going with what the father wanted, uh, the, the, uh, Selvina and then her, her husband, I think his name was John, uh, ran away and got married anyway. Um, so I thought that was just kind of <laughs> interesting, just like a a runaway wedding Um, and that was the far family which it was really interesting to read and if you like google simon he has like a whole wikipedia page like so he was like fairly 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 notable in history actually so um which was you know really kind of cool and there's a lot there was a lot more i really glossed over all of the things yeah. he did because i didn't think you wanted a whole step you know play-by-play of this man's life um i mean it would be, it'd be but, cool to take a deeper dive into yeah. it one day i wouldn't be opposed to that but uh yeah it's just yeah. cool to kind of kind of glaze over it and yeah and take so, a look over it yep and so and and so there's you know the so you have a little french uh in there too so i don't know if you've ever thought as far as like yeah i, um, I was always not like curious about what my origins were and, yeah. and stuff so um so yeah french you probably and it would i don't so like the commercial dna tests can be really fickle as far as what they show so i don't even know if they they would actually show any like indigenous um like if that would even show up because it's kind of far back but yeah, yeah. it's definitely there and that's why you can't really 
just rely on what you know the your you know your 23 me or ancestry dna test say because a lot of it is kind of is actually kind of luck as far as like what genes you get with what you know ethnicity markers which is a whole genetics are weird genetics are weird weird. (laughs) but really cool and and genetic genealogy also is is a really fascinating and quickly evolving um thing which is has been really kind of cool to see for me it was always really helpful to kind of understand where my family was how things happened how everything had to align yeah it Um, it is how like how it has perfectly come down to where you are today and yeah yeah, it's it's just cool to be able to see that and how every single one of the decisions there really led to kind of how how you are today and how what you're doing is is yeah yeah just all the product of of what they've done so yeah which though one of the things i noticed was there didn't seem to be any sort of anybody you know motorsport related yes uh, in your family (laughs) tree so how how did you get into into motorsports were you know was this something tell us about that it's really um like the the way i got into it is i've always had like a fascination with um basically cars and stuff my my uncle um he like builds and restores cars um like by himself and stuff with a little uh, little group of his friends and i've always kind of hung around him and stuff whenever he was doing that whenever i was younger and it kind of fed my fascination for for cars and as well as like all the shows that i used to watch um growing up i mean i i was absolutely addicted to to anything to do with cars so i I knew i wanted to do something in it i was actually considering doing like uh, automotive engineering um some form of engineering that i can i can get into the automotive industry um and then i ended up um my dad actually sent me an article on the on formula four in the states and i was like this could be a fun hobby like just take a look into it and we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into so this is back in in 2018 so um it just it was a rabbit hole from there we we really we really got lost in that and um we really wouldn't take it any other way it's been it's been so fun for the family and everyone's enjoyed it so is your dad like a a motorsport fan too so he um he he's a big car guy like me i got Mm -hmm. him i actually got him into cars well we both blame um my mom for it which is funny because um i don't know if you've ever heard of the extreme experience it's like a basically you pay to go like uh it's an experience where you get to drive these like supercars and stuff around tr- around a track day for like an hour or two um and my mom got him that for christmas one year and that just sent us into that just pushed it over the edge we mm-hmm. had to do something with cars so we always we always like to joke around and say that that she's what triggered it but um in reality it was just I, i've always had a fascination for it so was your was your favorite movie as a kid the cars movie cars and then yeah. when i got a little bit older talladega nights you're you're about the same age as my sister and she she was very obsessed with cars so i had a <laughs> i had a sneaking suspicion that, was, that, that, that was, was one of the greatest movies of all time <laughs> it's up there it, at what point did you really like realize like oh this is actually really turning into something like turning into like racing is turning into more than just a just a hobby so it was, I would say, I mean, we did the, like, 
the first year and we just kind of were, were trying it out as a hobby. And the second year was kind of really when, when we were like, okay, maybe we could do something, um, with this. It was, um, like we, we were seeing improvement and you're we like, Oh, this could be a really fun thing to kind of pursue. And I, I still had no real idea of, of where like the ladder goes and how to pursue it as a career. And, um, and I just started getting results and stuff. And, um, I'd say probably at the end of 2019, um, was like when I was like, I kind of want to do this, uh, like as a, as a career, if I can pursue it is, uh, whenever I, I did do, uh, quite well at, uh, at Coda for the last round of F4, I won all the races there. And that was, that was kind of like a hoorah moment for me. Cause I was like, all my hard work has kind of paid off. And like, I wonder if there's a way for me to actually continue pursuing this. And, um, if there is a way I'll, I'll work like kind of as hard as I can to be able to do it. Cause it's, it's right. just like such a great feeling. And then, so you went from F4, where did you uh, to basically F4 to USF, um, okay. did a little bit in formula regional F, uh, but only a few rounds. Um, and then from USF to ND lights. So we skipped, um, ND pro and just went straight to, to ND lights. So is this year your second or third year? No, would, this would it be upcoming like, this uh, next past year, year was my yeah. next year will be my third year. In okay. Lights. So, okay. Okay. Well, it's not lights anymore. Next. No, well, next. ND next. Yes. <laughs> It's going to take a little bit for me to, to get used to a name it's change. An yeah, that's really cool. That's, you know, usually when, you know, people that make it, you know, anywhere near, you know, higher levels of racing, they've been doing it since, since they could walk essentially. So it's really yeah. cool that, that you just kind of, that it was like something that. Yeah. Something that we're really, happened. really late to the game with. Yeah. yeah. I don't say, I don't say happenstance, but like just kind of. Like, hey, yeah, just guys. that one one moment has yeah, the one, this yeah. entire thing. It's like just so we were talking about with the just decisions and, and family past, yeah. but like this one, I, I remember it. It was literally a Wikipedia article. He sent it to me that day, and I was like, "Yeah, let's give it a shot." And yeah. that that sent us down the down the path. So, and so you grew up in Louisiana, right? Is that I think yes. And so, yes. so but you live in Indianapolis now. Uh, yes, I, I have an apartment I, in Indianapolis. It's just easier to to commute to the right. team and everything being close right. to them. So, how involved are your parents? Like, do are they pretty involved with? Uh, yeah, like, they they love. And... Yeah, so they make it to every single event. They try and make it to every single test. Like they've, my dad has been there on almost every single mm-hmm. time I've been in the car since day one. So, um, they've both been super super supportive and and getting me there. So. Um, it's been, it's been great to have them along cause they're, they're just, I mean, it's, they've been so supportive, so supportive. So do you have any siblings? I do. I have my sister. She's, she can't make quite make it to, to a lot of them cause she's up and uh, she's pursuing music and she's actually in Cleveland right now doing that, but she tries to make every single one that she can. And, and she, she really tries, tries to make it. And it, it, it's great for me to see that she really does care about about me pursuing this and i mean everyone in the family does so it's it's great whenever they all make it out for an event and it's just it's so nice to be able to communicate with family because um as well as some of my other family that we've been talking about comes uh, they come out typically every now and then and it's great to just have like a whole great experience where we can get the family together and really just bond over over something so yeah well and you can tell your sister like the maybe the music kind of 
runs in the family because uh, your I think it's your fourth great grandfather was was an early music teacher, yeah. music professor. I, I, so. I didn't know that. So I'll, to, I'll to, yeah, you'll have yeah, because we were wondering where she gets her musical talent from because yeah. it's definitely not any of us. So. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you for letting us. Like I said, your tree was probably one of the most interesting that I've. No, no, it, it, was, time, it was great. So. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing all this. This was yeah. this was very neat. Thanks for listening to the Racers Roots podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or review wherever you are listening and follow us on Twitter at Racers Roots Pod.